Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Hormone Helper Podcast. I'm Coach Andrew, your Hormone Helper from Fit for All Fitness. I personally coach over 1,600 men and women to help better understand their hormones so they can lose weight and get their metabolism back on track. With this podcast, you're going to hear from me and my special guests about everything from metabolism to thyroid to weight loss, and we even talk a little bit of sexy time as we chat to spread more knowledge thick like butter on your hormones. If you're ready to learn, I'm ready to share, so let's do this. Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning into the Hormone Helper podcast. If you're new, I'm Coach Andrew, and this podcast talks about everything from metabolism to thyroid to weight loss and even sexy time as we're going to chat to spread more light, thick like butter on your hormones. So I love it. In this episode, we are going to be discussing chronic fatigue. So I think at this point, we have all experienced this, and I'm not just talking about being occasionally tired. I'm talking about the kind of fatigue that never goes away. Like even if you sleep 10 hours, even if you dodge all of your workouts, it's that kind of fatigue that we just can't seem to get a hold of on why we feel, of course, so exhausted all the time. Now, me personally, prior to becoming a health coach, fatigue is literally something that I used to live with every day. I used to joke and call it like a roommate that lived in my body. It just never left. It ate all of my food. It didn't pay a single dime in rent. My fatigue was crazy. Like it used to drive me crazy. I even used to joke that I'd run on 1% battery life like my phone. For those of you who have iPhones, I feel like they're always dying and they're always like dead and you're always plugged into something. And that's kind of how I felt. I I felt like I always had to keep replugging in on, on my life. And for those of you who don't know me before I was a health coach, I had the amazing pleasure of following in my father's footsteps. I used to be a tower crane operator before I, uh, I took this leap into the health world. So it's those people, you know, those skyscraper cranes that you see like 10 of them as you pass through the Toronto area, they're like 30 to 40 stories high. That was me. So I used to sit up there basically in this small glass box cubicle and uh, move these joysticks back and forth. It was not as easy as I'm making it sound, but really help people lift buildings. So lift buildings, build buildings and, and be able to lift all the heavy things. So when I wasn't working with the crane, I was basically climbing down and I was working with the guys inside the building. So using my physical body, using my strength, lifting 80 pound jacks, lifting plywood, doing hammering for eight to 10 hours. I can say it was an honest job and it it did make really good money, but it was really, really hard on my body. It was hard on my body and it was hard on my hormones to keep up. I basically ran on six cup of coffee and two pre-workout shakes a day just to get by. And at that point, I'd say I was about 22 then, but my energy was so bad. I was, I was very lucky that I could sleep during the car rides, both to and from work. So I can easily say being burnt out all the time is not good. It doesn't mean that your body is tired. It doesn't mean that your body needs more rest. It doesn't mean that you didn't eat enough. Chronic fatigue goes way deeper than that. And we're going to talk about that depth. Our bodies essentially have a cycle and that cycle is called the circadian rhythm. And it works for both our hormone cortisol and for the melatonin that we produce. So essentially this circadian rhythm, this cycle is responsible for someone's energy level and how well they function during the day. 
So if that cycle starts later than normal or it crashes, that's when we experience basically chronic fatigue. If that cycle starts earlier in the day, then we may have periods of anxiety or periods where we feel that tired but wired. Um, there's a lot of things that are involved in this cycle. Um, I'll give you in a tiny nutshell the overview of, of how it works because there's two parts essentially to this cycle and, and of course the how it relates to chronic fatigue. From the part one, your cortisol cycle is basically the first part of it. So your hormone cortisol is your daily energy level throughout the day. So essentially, when you wake up, the amount of cortisol that you have stored in your body should be at its highest peak. Then as you continue through the day, you're going to end up using more cortisol until, of course, it hits to the lowest of the evening. Now, if someone has a healthy cortisol part of their cycle uh, and their hormones are balanced, ideally, that cortisol energy should start high and that energy should last all the way until about 8.30 p.m. And that's when you're going to find you're going to start to wind down. Now, when you're sleeping, your body's then going to start to build up and store that cortisol until, of course, you have enough to wake yourself up again. So this cycle is going to repeat itself over and over again, starting with a high amount of cortisol being used throughout the day, 8.30 starts winding up again, and it's going to repeat itself until you die. But please, no one pass away while listening to this podcast, okay? That would be really, really tragic. The first part of this cycle and this circadian rhythm from a cortisol perspective when it comes to the daily management, if someone is always short energy and the body is always having to make cortisol in the moment, you never get a good wake cycle, which means you never wake up with high energy and you always have a hard time going to sleep. So what happens is, is that throws people off. So if you're the kind of person that works physically with your body as a job, you're going to get beat up a lot because you're going to wake up feeling very tired and not having any energy to do your work. Or if you're the kind of person that has performance for a job, a lot of the clients we work with, essentially, like they need to be in prime time, whether it's for their kids or even for their, their corporate job, basically from like 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. is like their prime window. And you end up dragging. You feel completely exhausted all the time. And it's hard for you to be able to function because your body's trying to always compensate on, well, can I make a little bit more energy so I can fix this tomorrow? Eventually, if this cycle continues to shift, where basically your cortisol chronically doesn't make enough, chronically doesn't make enough, I'm chronically short energy, then the body's going to say to itself, hey, it's time we start storing energy. It's time we start putting it on our body. That comes in the form of fat. So this chronic fatigue then becomes accustomed by someone's metabolism starts changing, somebody's body starts changing, and that's obviously not a good thing. Now, if we talk about the second part, so cortisol is basically starting in the morning and then it's winding down into the evening and then it becomes to pick back up for the body for that second day. The secondary part is basically your melatonin cycle. So melatonin is used for regulatory and protective effects throughout the body. So what happens with melatonin is as your day goes by, your body takes damage from use. And it's that melatonin that's going to protect you from that damage. So it's going to help repair your cardiovascular system and your brain, as well as it's going to help regulate the repair that goes to the muscle and bone. 
but most importantly, it helps you sleep. So not just from the recovery part, it helps you get into a deep sleep. It helps you stay into a deep sleep. And this is where all that recovery and that repair occurs. Ideally, the melatonin cycle operates with almost an opposite timing to your cortisol cycle. So if your cortisol is naturally waking you up at 6 a.m., 5 a.m., and it's winding down at 8.30, then essentially it's going to be an opposite, means as your cortisol winds down throughout the day, your melatonin levels are going to start building up. Basically, if cortisol is the driver of your energy, it says, hey, I'm getting tired, melatonin, why don't you hop in the driver's seat? You can start taking control past 8.30 p.m. So the highest actually starts around 3 a.m. and the lowest being first when you wake up. So really, there's kind of a period between 8.30 and 3 a.m. where there's not really any hormonal action going. So basically, your circadian rhythm is having you use cortisol throughout the day and then slowly switching between that cortisol and melatonin and then finally ending up with melatonin taking over as you sleep. So now that we know the cycle, what's this have to do with unrecoverable fatigue? Well, uh, they really don't know. <laughs> just kidding. No, I wouldn't take you through this entire process and be like, I have no idea. So in all seriousness, the, the chronic fatigue comes from two things, really. One, the lack of recovery, or two, the lack of the production of that cortisol. So I've seen and worked with clients who, I mean, who struggled so long that their body has a hard time really making cortisol to keep up. So cortisol being the stressor hormone, if someone is chronically under periods of stress, uh, it's really hard for the body to keep up if it's really, really long volumes. So it starts kind of shooting out what cortisol it can, and, and then that throws off the circadian rhythm that your body is trying to keep. So what ends up happening is you start to get that feeling of, you know, tired but wired, but being physically drained. At the same time, mentally, you can't shut down. It feels like you're on the clock all the time. A lot of times, this is where people try to use stimulants like coffee or those like three-hour quick shot drinks or whatever to get by, you know, they make you feel better in the moment, but later on through the day, you end up crashing because now not only have you got that temporary energy, you're still kind of short the cortisol. So the higher the peak, the higher the fall, and you end up losing the ability to stay on task. You end up losing the ability to gain energy. So that can be a really big challenge. And if left too long, what ends up happening is, is your body's metabolism is actually going to slow down. So that weight gain kicks in, and that's when this body's way of storing energy, and it stores energy literally on you in case you need it for later. So a lot of the times when people are experiencing weight issues, it connects directly in line with their hormone cortisol and the chronic amount of stress that they experience. That's why if you ever talk to friends and they're like, oh man, I put on a couple pounds, it's been a really stressful couple of months. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because guess what changed? Your cortisol levels. So guess what changed? How much energy you store in your body. So guess what changed? Your body fat. They're both connected and this is what goes in line. So what can we do about that never-ending exhaustion? Well, there's a few things. You got to cut the stimulants. Very simple. No coffee, no pre-workout, no sugary drinks, energy shots. It's got to go because your body has become dependent on that energy and you need to start making your own again. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're like, that sucks. That's terrible. I love coffee. 
I personally am a big fan of coffee myself. I drink one a day. But in reality, if you can't remember the last time you've unplugged from caffeine, uh, it's time to take a four-week hiatus at least and, and see how your energy feels. This is because caffeine and stimulants create a fake signal that your body believes it has energy stores. So when cortisol starts throughout the day, it's really easy for the body to look at that picture and say, this is how much energy I have. If I slowly wean off of it, I'll be about here. Every time we have some coffee, every time we have one of those energy shots, we're giving a fake spike in energy that the body's reading. It can't tell the difference of whether that's energy in the moment, whether that's real energy. And it's those areas that the body starts to say, well, I don't need to make any more energy because I'm getting it from somewhere else. So while there is nothing bad with coffee in moderation, while there's nothing bad with pre-workout in moderation, those things do have, of course, benefits for people who are struggling hormonally or if you're having these chronic fatigue issues, you have to cut the stimulants first. It's one of the first things that any naturopath will tell you, that a dietitian will tell you, somebody like me will tell you. It's really important that that's the first thing that you do, okay? Second thing, you've got to remove and limit any physical or mental stressors that you have. So this is also activity. Activity can actually make cortisol stressors worse. And the reason why is because your body can't tell the difference between physical, mental, or emotional stress. Now, I'm not saying don't move at all. I'm not saying, you know, you, you can't go for walks. But if you're the kind of person that's training more than three days a week, two and a half hours each time, you have to do less because less is more. The recovery is going to benefit you a lot more than the overuse. So I'm saying stop training more than an hour a day as that's a real stressor on the body that taxes our cortisol system and starts pulling away our ability to be able to, of course, repair and to do that energy. Also, from a melatonin perspective, if we're damaging our body more than they're repairing it every night, then that's kind of a double negative. So at the end of the day, from the melatonin perspective, the melatonin's not repairing as much muscle as it can. So you end up having an issue as well, too. Now, from a mental perspective, if you've got like a high stress job, or if you're finding that you're always overwhelmed with tasks in life, and you're like, you know, it's great for me to remove the physical stressors, but like, I just have too much going on. There's no way I can offload any of this. I feel like we're all like that in this kind of 24 hour shit storm we, we live in these days. It's time for you to basically write down everything that has to get done. And then you've got to delegate and eliminate. Now it's easier said than done, of course. And I don't mean that you can just tell other people to do your things and live a life where you don't ever do something. But what I encourage the people who work with us is basically to delegate stuff you don't like um, to teammates or to family members because they're more than willing to help. Like, for example, me and uh, my wife, Lorna, we have a grocery service. Very simple, right? Like wasting time to go get groceries just doesn't make sense to me. It's easier if I pay somebody, saves me more time, saves me more of a hassle, remove something off my plate to be able to go do that right? Or for example, if you're finding like in your business, you're always doing social media or you're always trying to do accounting stuff and you don't need to be doing that. 
delegate it to somebody, hire a professional. This is why professionals exist because it's like, if you're struggling to do it on your own, then take that stressor away from you and be able to bring it for someone else. From the eliminate standpoint, I feel like there's a lot of BS items on our list that we live every single day and we can get overwhelmed when that list starts to build up, but often they're really, really small tasks. So what I do is I like to leave a little bit, about an hour and a half to two hours tops for the entire week, which I call my shit happens window, which is where I can do any unfinished tasks that I have or address any other things that I need to still put a focus on or be able to kind of move the needle forward on because that means that I now have an allotted time for it. I no longer stress about it because I know that it's going to get done because I have a place for it. So when I'm talking about delegating and eliminating, that's it, right? Eliminating the busy work that prevents you from actually enjoying your life. Now you're going to say, well, what do I use that time for then? For relaxation, for for rest. You don't fill it again because you're just going to get the same level of stress. You want to take a step back and... You want to make sure you're storing that because every second that you aren't stressed out, you're not using your hormone cortisol and you're saving it for later. And then that allows you to get more recovery. And then that means that you get to save more energy for the next day. It snowballs and that's how you keep your hormones steady. Really, a really underlooked thing to manage cortisol levels and manage fatigue is meditation and breath work. It was my wife who initially first introduced me to meditation and breathwork. And I'll be honest, me being a very logical person, the first time I did it, I was thinking to myself, I have more stuff to do. Like I'm I'm not going to sit here and do nothing with my eyes closed because I really never meditated before. It was just something that, again, that was so you should just wake up, go, this is how it's done. But meditation is not like that. The real meditation is about slowing your heart rate. It's about being conscious and aware in the moment and about taking you back to being proactive rather than being reactive. When we are in a high stress situation, our cortisol forces us to make scared or fear-based decisions in the moment. So this is choosing whatever's easiest, whatever's quickest, whatever's in front of us. Sometimes that can be making the wrong choice and people feel guilty about that. People feel... Again, it builds additional stress, knowing that they're always trying to think of things in the moment. So taking that time to take a step back and be proactive is really good. They've got some great apps that are free. They've got like two to five minute guided meditations. What I personally recommend if it's your first time meditating is like, I'll say this, any minute that you're putting towards yourself is a minute that you can recharge and show up as the best you. So Don't think if you sat there for two minutes, your first time meditating, you're going to feel a different way. You're not. Don't think it's going to benefit you at that first time. It won't. It's about repetition and it's about constantly increasing that. So I promise you're not wasting your time. Start with like two to five minutes. And if you like, slowly increase each meditation by 30 seconds because studies show that people who meditate at least twice a week have 10% lower resting heart rates and also indicate that they don't feel overwhelmed through the day. Now, the resting heart work is where the breath work comes into play. So our cortisol is also circulated through oxygen in our blood. 
So what I mean by that is the more oxygenation we have, the faster that cortisol and the energy can make its way through the body. When we breathe, we intake more oxygen. So breath work is very important for stress relieving because if we spend more time consciously intaking more air and exhaling that air very quickly, we can fill ourselves with more oxygen in that moment to be able to get rid of the stress faster. So chronic fatigue is not something that you have to really put a huge focus on. It's just something you've got to be conscious of every single day so that way it doesn't become overwhelmed, okay? It's something to think about. That is a huge thing right now is about making sure that, of course, those stressors are eliminated and that you have the ability to make sure that you're managing your stress. Managing your stress means that you'll actually be able to save the energy. If you're saving the energy, the body doesn't need to overuse that energy, and then you won't feel chronically fatigued all the time. Now, in my experience, people have to remove the stimulus and make these changes for at least a 30 to 35 day window before they start seeing changes because the body needs to take time and become accustomed to not becoming reliant on those things. So I'm always straight up and honest with everyone, whether it's the clients who work with us or even the people who, you know, listen to me as I uh, preach on the podcast and on the street. It's really about making sure that you're consistent with this. So if you're doing those changes and let's say you're drinking five cups of coffee a day now, go down to four cups of coffee. And then in two weeks, go down to three cups. And then in two weeks, go down to one cup slowly wean off these things and slowly implement this in so it becomes an integrated part of your life. Chronic fatigue is not something that we just need to accept. And I think, unfortunately, when we go to our practitioners and we say that we're tired, the two things that come into mind is, hey, yeah, you're getting older. No, I've met 92-year-olds that have phenomenal energy. So that's not the case. Or if someone's like, oh, you know what? It's just, it's menopause. It's, it's your energy. It's changing. That's normal. No, that's also not normal because there are people who go through that process who don't have energy issues. So don't take your chronic fatigue as normal. But that is all for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, please make sure that, of course, you uh, drop a, uh, a share and, uh, of course, a review in the podcast. Let me know how the podcast is and any feedback also for the review. That also gives you an opening to be able to share any topics that you would like me to know. So thank you so much. And that is all for this episode. Well, it seems I'm all out of info juice for today. That's all for this episode. And thank you so much for listening. Please leave a raving review for me if you've learned something good and make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Now, if you're in the mood for some more great content and tools to get your hormones on track, why not check out our free Facebook group and the blog on our site? We do amazing weekly trainings in our group that me and my wife call Tea and Teachings that give good tips for anything hormones and metabolism related. It's also a great community where you get to share your goals and success with like-minded people just like you. I'll make sure to drop both the Facebook group link and the blog link in the show notes for you. Or if you're ambitious like me, the name of the group is Weight Loss and Balanced Hormones. Uh, it'll say fit for all beside it with a picture of me. So come and join us and have more fun.